Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Power. What do you do with power? It's an age-old question. It's not an American question. It's something mankind has struggled with for the longest time. If you get power, if you gain power, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what do you do with it? I want you to pause on that for just a moment, because I realize it's elections, 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 red wave, woohoo! Pause for a second. I want you to imagine you share a home, unfortunately, with your mortal enemy. He hates you, despises you. He basically tells you to your face all the time. You hate him. You despise him. And every so often, you get to run the house every year. You get to run the house, and then in the next year, he gets to run the house, so on and so forth. And when he takes power, when he runs the house, he does things like put nails in your sheets. He does things like locking you in your room. He does things like drilling holes in your floor so you sprain your ankles because he believes in using power. You, when you take power, you have principles, right? 
what he did was wrong. And so when you take power, you don't do any of those things. In fact, you don't do a thing to him because live and let live. We shouldn't use power, right? Limited government. Let's just let bygones be bygones. How does that end? It only has one ending. You know what it is. How does that end? How does that story end? Well, it ain't good for you. I know that much. Forever. Because the Republican Party, I think that's not probably true, because you, let's set the Republican Party aside, you, whatever you are, whatever you consider yourself to be, conservative, libertarian, nationalist, whatever you consider yourself to be, you do have some love in your heart for the Constitution. Maybe you think it's outdated, maybe you adore it, maybe you have a copy of it on you right now, but you do have some sort of adherence to it. And what is the Constitution? It limits power. The government can only do this and never that. So that has been the base philosophy of the right forever. Government shouldn't use power. Get out of the way, back off, and let's be clear, that is the kind of country you want to live in. Teeny tiny government, don't use power, stay out of my life. That's the world you want to live in and the world I want to live in. But alas, we are adults and we must accept the world as it is. Because right now we share that home with the people who hate us and whenever they take charge, they use every ounce of their power to destroy us, everything. To destroy everything you care about, from your economy to your children. They try to wreck everything because they believe in using power. Now, red wave, it's exciting, right? And I'm excited, woohoo, I'm excited. Okay? What are you gonna do with the power? That's really the question. Because you have to do something with it now. We don't have any institutions left. We have lost every cultural institution to the people who believe in using power because they believe in using power. We didn't, they do, they took all the power. So, okay, House, Senate, woohoo, it's exciting. What are you gonna do? Well, here's five things the GOP should do. One, if I was to say these words to you or frankly myself even 10 years ago, I would have cringed at me and disagreed. But the GOP must make corporations afraid. I don't want to live in a country like this, I need to be clear. I don't want to live in a country where the federal government is in any way intertwined with the private business world. That's not how it's supposed to work. But again, this is the world we have. And the world we have today, corporation after corporation after corporation after corporation has taken a political stance and it ain't yours. You see the latest from Twitter? Elon Musk buys Twitter. Little companies, maybe you've heard of one of these two, have pulled all their advertising. This is, by the way, I want to be clear, they're pulling advertising over the threat of speech being more free, right? Oreos, General Motors, Ford, CVS, United Airlines, Coca-Cola, Levi's, Spotify, Forbes, DirecTV, PBS. I'm going to stop because I have a long, great show tonight, but I could keep going. It's a who's who of powerful companies. Now, why? Why did they do this? Why do they feel comfortable doing this over and over and over and over again? Do you remember what Disney had to say? Remember this? I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. Um, we have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and, and, and yet we don't have enough leads. Um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters. Shoot. 
um, the 50% of the tears, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> are coming. Um, uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards. Pansexual child, tearing up at the thought of engaging in the culture war against you and your values. So your child can feel comfortable being pansexual. Why do they do this? Because the GOP has never given them a reason not to, and Democrats have. When Democrats take power, Democrats will look at entire industries. Joe Biden with oil, I'll destroy you! When the Republicans take power, well, I've we gotta stay out of it, guys. We just live and let live, okay? You must start going after these corporations and make them afraid. The communist takeover of corporate America is the second most th damaging thing they've taken over in this country next to, of course, the education system. Which brings us to number four, the military, specifically the vaccine mandate. Let's be honest about what the vaccine mandate is for the United States military. It has nothing to do with coronavirus, as you know, and I'm not even going to bring up the health concerns. We have, I don't know, some of our most fit guys, special operators dying of heart attacks. I'm sure that's a coincidence all of a sudden, but it's not even about that. I'm not even discussing the health portion of it. This is a purge of the military, of all the communist ideological opponents. If you're somebody willing to give up a military career for a vaccine mandate, where do you fall on the political spectrum? About 99.99% of the people who won't take that vaccine are on the right. And yet, not only is the mandate still in place, Joe Biden is still out there acting as if the vaccine slows the spread. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable. Virtually everyone. Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots. One COVID shot each year will be all they need. And if you get it, you're protected. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. Why would, why would you be putting other people at unnecessary risk? The vaccine doesn't stop the spread of coronavirus. Pfizer says that now. Everyone admits that now. CDC admits that now. And yet the vaccine mandate's still in place. There's no reason for a vaccine mandate if the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. So why are, is it still in place? to purge the military of their ideological opponents so one day maybe they'll use that power on you too. And if that sounds crazy to you, I would really invite you to do this thing where you open up a history book and read it. Believe me when I tell you that could easily happen here. Bringing me to number three. Joe Biden did what? When he stepped into office, what did Joe Biden do when it came to oil? Day one, canceled the Keystone Pipeline. No more drilling on federal lands. That's what he said. No more drilling, no more Keystone Pipeline. We soon had record-breaking gas prices before Russia invaded Ukraine. And by the way, those prices are all about to go way, way back up again. So what's the GOP solution for this? What should be a solution for this? Well, Jesse, we should open up those leases on federal lands. Wrong. That is a defensive way of thinking. Democrats will be elected president again one day. They will. What we need to do is return the federal lands back to the states. Make that state land, or even better, public. Anyway, make that state land 
So each and every state will have control on whether or not the oil industry is allowed to drill for oil within its borders. Because otherwise, day one, the next time a Democrat comes in, he's going to continue the war on humanity. He's going to continue, well, Joe Biden said it best. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new, new drilling. Joe Biden's still out there bragging about wiping out the industry the world runs on. Remember, humanity runs on oil. We can't allow them that kind of chance again. We can't. We need to get rid of this federal land. There's no reason the limited federal government should be the largest landowner in the country anyway. That's freaking ridiculous. Now, that's not a sexy issue, but man, I think you're going to agree it's a pretty important one when we look at the state of the economy right now. Which brings me to this. Speaking of the economy, we're down, no question about it. We're going to be a pretty dark recession by anyone's measure. What did the federal government do? The federal government declared war on you. You only add 87,000 IRS agents when you have decided the American people haven't been fleeced enough. And in case you believe that old line about how they're going after billionaires, may I invite you to witness this little IRS training video. Does this sound like billionaires? Congress recently appropriated funds, so the IRS is currently looking to hire more special agents or CIs nationwide. Most people don't even know that the IRS has criminal investigators who use their accounting skills and their authority as a special IRS agent to help solve tax crimes. Under this scenario, these students find the owner of a landscaping company has several vehicles that may have been purchased from monies not reported through his business. After an undercover interview using a wireless mic, the special IRS agents find that Dodger, who is selling his business, has two sets of books. His landscaping business. Those billionaires, huh? Which brings me to number one. And I know this issue is not number one in the minds of America. America's concerned, understandably, I'm not blaming anybody about inflation and the economy and crime and all those things are very valid things to be afraid of. But there is nothing more dangerous happening in this country than what is happening within the walls of the FBI. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has almost unlimited power to destroy anyone they want in the country. You, me, they sent 30 agents into Donald Trump's home. And the Federal Bureau of Investigation has become a weaponized arm of the Democratic Party. Either the GOP finds a way to end this criminal organization completely, or in the very least, give us some kind of a major top-down sweep of it, or you are witnessing what will end this country. Secret police, state police, have murdered more people than cancer. That is a fact. And that is the way this organization is going and is going very, very quickly. And what scares me probably the most is not just that the FBI is doing these things. It's that they'll do these things like raid Donald Trump's home and they'll get this horrible backlash because half the country is horrified. And not only do they not slow down, they go sit in front of the GOP Senate and say, hey, can you wrap this up, Senator? I got to go to the beach. Senator, I, I uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here. Um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1.30. So that was, that's how we ended up where we are. 
if it's your if it's your business trip, you got your own plane. Can it wait a while? Sorry, to be honest, um, I, I I tried to make my break as fast as I could to get right back out of here. Yeah, so you took resume. more than five minutes. <laughs> That's funny. Ha ha ha! The FBI director just made me look like a loser with no power. Ha ha ha! I don't find it funny at all. They're laughing in our faces. Why aren't they afraid? The GOP better find a way to make the FBI afraid, or there is no more country. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We're gonna to talk to my friend Lee Smith about a bunch of this stuff next. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The vast, overwhelming majority of FBI employees, agents, analysts, professional staff have political opinions, and every single day they come in, they put those aside, and they honor their oath to the Constitution. Sure they do. Absolutely. As we've seen. <laughs> Joining me now, my friend Lee Smith, author of The Permanent Coup. Lee, of anything I want the GOP to do with power, no, the FBI is number one on my list just because having a weaponized state police historically is basically the scariest thing on the planet. Yeah, that's a bad thing for a constitutional republic like ours. I, I, I concur, Jesse. Uh, all right, Lee, what do we, I shouldn't say what do we want from them, because I know what I want from them. It's probably very similar to what you want. I want every employee fired and the building raised to the ground, but I'm not assuming I'm going to get that. What can I get? What, what can I hope for? Oh, no, I, I, I agree with you, Jesse. I think that's what we should be counting on. Um, I think that um, the Republican base, I th will be very distressed to find out that Republican legislators are um, trying to reform an agency that has been weaponized to attack them. So I think anyone, uh, again, any, any GOP legislators who don't understand that are going to find themselves um, very vulnerable come 2024. Okay, well, that actually gives me some hope, Lee. You think we might have a GOP that is basically forced to act? Because this is the way I see this going, correct me if I'm wrong. They haul them in for hearings. We know they're going to do that. It's going to be Jim Jordan, head of the judiciary. The FBI is going to answer every question the way they always do. I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Well, we're at a stopping point there unless the GOP can have some teeth with the dollars. Do you think they will? Um, again, I think they have to. I mean, I, I, the, the, the electorate um, is, is outraged. I mean, since 2020, the, since beforehand, but, um, but we've seen what's happened. I mean, the FBI has been turned loose 
on pro-life activists, on school parents. I think it's going to be uh, very, uh, look, I don't put it beyond uh, certain Republican legislators, but it's gonna be pretty hard nonetheless to make the case for this agency. Look, I, I, I think one of the important things to, to look at is what's happened before when we said, we need to reform intelligence agencies. They're too important, we need to reform them. Well, if you look at the different things that have happened, starting with the church committee, you're gonna hear an awful lot of people talking about the church committee. The church committee is part of the reason we got to where we are today different reform measures, different ideas that came out of the church committee, like the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. That's why we have the FBI that we have today that used FISA to spy on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, leading all the way into the Trump White House. We look at other things. We look at the 9-11 Commission, which was supposed to um, erase the so-called firewall between the FBI and the CIA that let 9-11 happen. Well, the reason, uh, if we're going to be looking at what happened with the intelligence services, the fault is has nothing to do with the firewall. The problem is with the FBI and with the CIA itself. So any efforts to try to reform these agencies, in particular the FBI, will only further augment their power. The only way that I see this is Forget about going after it like a church committee. This should be a successful lustration episode. By what I mean, these were the different um, these were the different tribunals after the fall of the Berlin Wall that went after different intelligence services um, in the uh, uh, behind the Iron Curtain. Unfortunately, a lot of these just. Um, a lot of the people and a lot of the agencies just change names and no one paid a price there. That's the same thing that's going to happen here if we say, well, okay, so at least let's move off the different um, the different chores that the F fills and get other people to fulfill them. That's a problem as well. Lee, I'm glad you brought it up because it's something I don't talk about often. CIA. We, we, the FBI is not hard to find headlines on rating pro-lifers and the Donald Trump stuff and things like that. But people don't really realize the CIA is virtually in the same boat. Yeah. Um, the, the late Angelo Cotevilla, um, very important, very wonderful writer, terrific writer. Angelo Cotevilla um, knew a lot about the intelligence uh, services. He served on Senate staff um, in the 1970s, and his recommendation was is that the CIA is a problem from the outset because it's an intelligence service without a specific mission. His case was that intelligence should be attached to specific missions, whether it's a military mission or a diplomatic mission. If you look at what General Michael Flynn tried to do when Donald Trump named him his first national security advisor, this was the direction that General Flynn wanted to go into. He recognized there is a need for intelligence, especially on the battlefield. And that's why he was keen to use this as a focus and to effectively downgrade the CIA and put more intelligence in the hands of people who knew what was going on, who were on the battlefield and who could use that in intelligence and it could be recycled back to the battlefield. But absolutely, the CIA presents uh, an, an enormous amount of problems as well for a constitutional republic. All right, Lee, let's cross our fingers. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Jesse. All right. The economy, all that inflation stuff. Let's talk to Carol Roth about it next.
people I ever heard here use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use com the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word and they, they sort of wrap this word around whatever it is that they really want to vote. Joining me now, my friend Carol Roth, recovering investment banker and author of the book, The War on Small Business. Carol, I know you've dabbled in this industry for quite a while. I'm obviously knee deep in it myself. Would you please explain to people in ways that I really can't how truly dumb and mediocre so many of the people you watch on TV are or listen in the radio. And I realize I'm speaking about myself here, but I mean, it really is stunning when you talk to some of these people. Carol, I don't know how that woman puts on her shoes without assistance. <laughs> it is really staggering, Jesse. I mean, these are people who are talking about the issues of the day. And I don't know if she's never heard inflation because she has been so focused on her government-run schools that you know they never brought up anything that's useful, or she's just making it up, or perhaps she's never taken a basic economics class or paid attention to anything throughout history. But imagine saying that all of a sudden the Republicans have taught us this fancy word, inflation. They're also going to teach you fancy words like money and savings, investment, 401k. Stay tuned for a whole litany of Sesame Street does finance. I mean, come on. This is, it's so utterly ridiculous. Does anybody buy into it? Does anyone sit around and go, yeah, you know what? I had never heard of inflation ever before. You know, even if I hadn't experienced it, because things had been better. I'd never heard of inflation. You know, so it's pretty crazy that the Republicans are, are trotting out this opaque speak to now like talk about this fancy concept. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Carol, uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, especially at a time of greatness, but okay, GOP house, uh, it's, it's all great, all, all that great things. But I don't understand, someone has to explain to me how a GOP Congress can do anything about inflation. There's really nothing they can do, right? Or am I wrong? I mean, I think that at a minimum, there needs to be a sense of urgency to, at, at a minimum, try to do something and to try to put Biden and whoever else on the record to say, no, we don't want to fix the economy. You know, from an energy standpoint, we have these companies who aren't willing to make long-term multi-billion dollar investments because, you know, they believe that they're going to be shut down. Biden campaigned on that. Giving them some level of certainty, creating a legal path to ensure that if they make the investment, someone's not going to cut in, come in and shut them down, would be huge. Um, you're trying to make ESG illegal on the grounds of antitrust and collusion and anti-fiduciary duty, so that money can flow to the energy um, producers. You know that's something 
that they can do, removing constraints that are blocking supply, that are that are amping up the prices, whether it be some of this anti-work legislation um, or you know some of the cost of housing, but just making it easier for us to get more supply and the things that we need, those are all fiscal policy related. And I personally believe that there are more tools around fiscal policy in terms of shifting to supply um, than there are from the Fed. Their only tool is killing demand, which means you're broke, you don't have a job, and that's how they fix inflation. That's not a good path. So I, I am hopeful that there is a fiscal policy route and that there's the fortitude to go after these things swiftly, you know, one right after another. There cannot be any dilly-dallying here to really make a change. Carol, one of the things I talk about that is so incredibly boring, I can't believe I get away with it, but I am passionate about it, is the federal government being the largest landowner in the country. That is insane for a government that's supposed to be limited, one, and two, it gives them power, way too much power for, let's say, Joe Biden to walk into office and cancel a bunch of oil leases. We have to remove that power. We can't get back into office and then allow them to start drilling again. But if the power remains in place, the next time a Democrat comes in, boom, it's back off the table, screwing up the oil industry for another four or five years. Well, I can't believe you're using big words like land ownership. I hope that Joy Reid mm -hmm. can keep up with us here because we're really mm -hmm. going deep here. Uh, but yeah, there are all of these powers that need to be abolished. I think the land side's a good one. I also think the Federal Reserve is another one. They get their powers from Congress. We can't just abolish the Fed without reining in those powers because then what's going to happen is the only thing worse than the Federal Reserve, which is Congress coming in and setting monetary policy. We have to get oh. rid of those powers. We need to set growth in the money supply to GDP. You know, do things that take away the power from the government acting in a way that it was never intended to act. And you know, there are so many areas where they can start limiting those powers. And eventually, that will make a huge difference. Carol Roth, come back soon. I appreciate you. Appreciate you as well. My buddy Curtis Hauk joins us next. You know, I, I'm hearing a lot, though, uh, of talk about investigations, investigations of Hunter Biden, FBI, all things Anthony Fauci, uh, Republicans talking about going, you know, all in if they take control, particularly the House. Is that really what what you're campaigning on to, to have massive investigations and all. And I think that, uh, that the House and the Senate and the White House are gonna have to go to work and offer solutions. On top of that, our democracy's better when our Congress exercises its uh, responsibility for oversight. Hmm. By the way, Glenn Youngkin's a star. I know Heavy D gets all the pub and I love Heavy D and whatnot, but Carrie Lake's great, but Glenn Youngkin, I talk to people, that guy, he thinks just like you. Joining me now, Curtis Houck, Managing Editor, Media Research Center. Curtis, John Carl's very concerned we might have investigations. Lord knows that would be terrible if we dragged a presidency down with endless investigations, would it not? 
Yeah, oh my gosh, Jesse, it would be terrible. He would not be able to do his business to the American people and be heavily medicated at the same time. I mean, how would that even be possible? Well, no, actually, back in reality, uh, we do have a similar uh, counterpoint or previous point in history. We have the Benghazi investigation. So in preparation for tonight, I went back and looked and saw what we found. What we studied is when the report about the Benghazi attack came out, the news media covered the gave about 15 minutes, 14 minutes and 49 seconds to the Benghazi report, but spent 28 minutes on Michelle Obama's birthday that year. That's kind of a, <laughs> that's a preview of the priorities that the news media are going to be doing with a lot of these investigations regarding COVID origins and the Hunter Biden investigation. You know, House Oversight Committee Chairman, by all accounts, it's going to be Jim Comer of Kentucky. He's going to have a lot to deal with. Um, but that's just kind of an idea. The media will cover it, I think, in some parts and other parts they will ignore. They'll do what they did like this. They'll cover stupid things instead. Um, it was the worst on ABC News. We'll see things like 10 minutes on Michelle Obama's birthday to probably Michelle Obama's birthday in 2023 uh, versus just two minutes on Benghazi versus, you know, fill in the blank for what any investigation we're going to see next year. And that's the real disparity. You know, sometimes it is the media just don't cover something at all. Other times it's important to say that, yes, they did cover something, but in proportion to what? And that's where we see the bias. That's how they get you. They they look into everything. I always use this analogy that, yeah, they look into every Democrat hole when it's a scandal. Right. They just peek inside. When it's a GOP, they pull out the backo and dig to the center of the earth. All right, Curtis, impeachment. Actually, you know what? Here's what John Carl had to say. <laughs> what about all this impeachment talk? I mean, I, I've gone through, I, I can count at least three members of the Biden cabinet that Republicans have talked about uh, impeaching. And obviously, there have already been impeachment resolutions introduced, many of them, uh, for Biden himself. Would that be a mistake for, for Republicans to go in? Again, I, impeachment? I, I believe strongly that our democracy is better when our Congress exercises its oversight functions. Curtis. Mm. I believe they should impeach Joe Biden, not because Joe Biden's terrible, although that's true, or not because I want Kamala Harris to be president of the United States. I want them to impeach Joe Biden because clearly Democrats are going to impeach every Republican president from here to the end of time, so we might as well water it down so it's basically meaningless. But I'm a bloodthirsty monster. What say you? <laughs> well, I do like that, yes, John Carl really didn't like Len Youngkin's idea that Congress should exert its oversight controls and oversight power. What they don't like is the fact that Republicans won't be leaking to them about what they're going to be doing. They won't have Adam Schiff leaking to them about what's going on. And Every I think if, if the Republicans have any spine, no the staff, the members of these committees need to be as strong as possible, strong as hell, because otherwise you're going to have the media needling them. You're going to have Democrats on the minority side trying to get pry information away from them. And that and especially when it comes to something like impeachment, whether it's President Biden or DHS Secretary Mayorkas, which definitely I would say has way more support and I think is more of a definite uh, just because out of basic incompetence and sure negligence, because we know what he's been saying behind closed doors. He's been conceding many of the points that most those of us out in public have been saying and people can see with their own two eyes he's been conceding them to border patrol officials when they're uh calling for his head behind closed doors um 
so I would just have that note of caution for uh, anybody, uh, you know, either in Washington or supporters of that, that that's something that's going to be a problem. Democratic leaks are going to be uh, employed to try and undermine any sort of impeachment uh, push or any sort of investigation. Yeah, I, I continue to hear from virtually every GOP elected official I know that Mayorkas is toast, and I mean toast, toast. toast. All right, um, let's see how leadership holds up. Uh, we had Republican Scott Perry on the show. That's what he had to say. The conversation with leadership begins, and remember, it's not leadership yet. We've already started asking him, what are you committed to doing? What are you not only committed to asking for, what are you committed to fighting for? And what are you committed to getting done, like, you know, how you treat us when you when we don't want to vote for one of your boondoggle things that the Democrats, half the Democrats support? What are you willing to do with Republicans that refuse to help out in saving the republic? We want to know that plan. And if we don't see some kind of a plan, well, look, uh, we'll see what the numbers look like, but we're going to hold you accountable and leadership isn't going to be so easy at this point. Curtis. What do you think the state of GOP leadership is, meaning how much of a hold on power do they have? It's not news that we have firebrands underneath that are unhappy with leadership. It seems like we have a lot more of them, and that might become a problem. Right. Well, the issue is if everybody wants to be a leader, then nobody can be a leader. And if you have too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah. you know, like a lot of things in life, then you kind of start to have problems. And the media will seize on that. They will... Uh, just savor that more than Kamala Harris chasing after I don't know what you know chasing after words I guess to be generous uh, you know so I think that's definitely going to be an issue that people are going to have to pay attention to the news media are going to fester on GOP division we saw that during the Trump years uh, with never Trumpers or even a disgruntled former administration official we're going to see that again so it's incumbent uh, if you're a conservative uh, to really be paying attention and seeing, you know, is there something actually going on between leadership or is it just media spin? Uh, because we know that's going to be there. So it's incumbent for viewers to just be able to sort through what's an actual dispute and what is the media just trying to create uh, division for the sake of it as well to try and help their friends uh, like Adam Schiff and members of the squad. Curtis, thank you, my man. I appreciate it. As always, Jesse, thank you. All right. You know how we usually do light in the mood? We're actually going to do a dark in the mood. I have a, I have a prediction. Just a, just a theory. Hang on. All right. Let's darken the mood. Uh, stay with me. I, ha I have a theory. Just something I see coming. I sincerely hope I'm wrong, but it's something I see coming. First of all, before I go into my theory, we better understand something. Democrats are violent. They're violent by their very nature. Now, here's why. Let me explain. Let me explain. I know we have a bunch of Democrats who hate watch. Let me explain myself. The American system, the limited government, constitutional system, whatever, that's, that's a Republican system. The Republicans are the ones that love the Constitution and all the, and the Republicans are losers too, but, but in general, Republicans are walking around with a pocket Constitution and limited government and Second Amendment, right? So today's Democratic Party, I'm not talking about JFK stuff, but today's Democratic Party, every part of it is designed to tear apart that system. It's a revolutionary movement. Revolutions are always violent. 
they aren't because you're not in power you're trying to destroy who's in power so violence is simply part of it Mao famously said all political power comes out of the barrel of a gun to, to this day you've probably seen this maybe you've experienced this if you get in some kind of a heated political debate with somebody uh, in person online you can count, start counting the seconds until some Democrat says we should find his address wait what why does it you're gonna hurt him what all right so just understand that so here's my dark in the mood so I've been thinking about this I've been brewing on it it's been nagging at me after the election how do Democrats assess what happened and change? Will they assess what happened and change? Because I see all these articles coming out now. It's time for Democrats to reassess. It's time for Democrats to reflect. Only all the articles are coming from people on the right, oftentimes friends of mine on the right. Democrats have got to understand they're losing the working class. They're losing working class people. They're, they're, they're losing normal people. I think we're all making a mistake. And here's what I mean. It is human nature to take your values and assign them to other people and take kind of how you are and assign that to someone else. But you, you're a logical thinker. If you walked up a flight of stairs, just one flight of stairs, and by the time you got to the top, you were huffing and puffing and dying, what would you say to yourself? Okay, I'm out of shape. All right, I got to start working out again. I got to eat a little bit. That's what you would say because you're a logical thinker. Here you are. You're hurting. Okay, what's wrong? I'm out of shape. I'll go down the line of logic and fix the problem. Get out. Go, get up. Go for a walk tomorrow morning. Okay? But you're assigning logical thinking to religious zealots. Do religious zealots have a history of logical thinking? The Democratic Party is not run by Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden. That's, that's a lie. It's not true. The Democratic Party is run by its bio base. The most insane ideas out there, just insane by any measure, not Republican, Democrat, by any measure, the most insane ideas out there are now mainstream Democrat talking points because the bio base runs the Democratic Party now. We have politicians like Gretchen Whitmer out there on camera right before an election calling women people with periods. Right? They think you can cut a boy's penis off and make him a woman. These ideas are batty crazy. That runs the Democratic Party now. Those are mainstream ideas. Those are religious zealots. So, after an election, you took a beating. Do you think the religious zealots are going to get in a room and decide that, hey, guys, maybe our religion's wrong. I'll be honest, maybe we were wrong about the religion. Do you think they're going to look at themselves in the mirror and self-assess? Well, you know, maybe we should drop the LGBTQ stuff, huh? That's not very popular. And guess what? Opening the border, not popular either. Maybe we shouldn't destroy the oil industry. I actually love oil now. Do you think that's going to happen? You know it's not. Of course it's not going to happen. So here's my dark prediction. Something's going to happen because... When you have that level of anger and sadness that's out there, there's going to be a response. You don't take anger and sadness and just bottle it up and disappear. They're going to do something. And if it's not going to be a self-assessment, then what is it? Well, we've had six years now of violence from the vile Democrat base against people on the right. 
I believe the incidents are over 400 now, assaults and murders, people on the right being hurt for political reasons. So we're already dealing with violent people. You watched the BLM riots, the Antifa riots, the murders, the, the, you, you watched it all. We're already dealing with violent people. I say the violence is about to get a lot worse. And I think the violence is about to escalate in the, in the way of status. And here's what I mean by that. Not that this life is any less important, but it's one thing for a MAGA guy with a hat on to get shot in the head and killed in Portland. God rest his soul. That's bad. It's terrible. I believe now GOP elected officials, I believe they're in very serious danger. And I, look, you can't even call me crazy. We already had a Bernie Sanders supporter try to assassinate a bunch of them. They're already chanting out in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. We already had a, an assassin fly from California to murder Brett Kavanaugh. I think GOP judges and elected officials had better up their personal security, and I think they're going to start dying. I do. And I know that's ugly and that's a dark prediction. I warned you it was a dark prediction. But when you're in a late stage republic and the violence in politics has escalated and escalated and escalated and escalated, you're not going to take this big election loss and then turn around and say, hey, guys, let's be peaceful, huh? Hey, let take it easy, everybody. That, that's crazy. That's not how these people think. They don't ramp down. Evil doesn't ramp down. Evil ramps up. How's that for dark in the mood? All right, I'll see you. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.